It's the role of the Spirit-Filled Bride next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Making our families the best they can be is a huge ordeal here in the 21st century. The best example that we have is God and how he deals with us, spiritually speaking. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today, as we continue our survey of Ephesians, we find ourselves looking at the home. Over the next couple of weeks, we would invite you to join us today We begin by looking at the role of the Spirit-filled wife. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Well, today I I could have wore a football helmet since I'm going to tell women to submit. But uh, it's really not me, it's the Lord. Uh, But I appreciate the men protecting me. (laughs) And uh, let us look at uh, the passage and then start the journey. Ephesians 5. I'll read verse 21 just to soften you up. (laughs) Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. In case we think God is stuttering, uh, look at Titus. Titus chapter 2. In other words, when God says something more than once, uh, we should listen very close. Titus 2, 4, older women are to be teaching younger women. And in verse 4, it says, Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. 1 Peter speaking to the woman, particularly living with an unsaved mate. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husband so that. Now, anyone that would start a letter here, in the same way, is what I'd want to know what's being qualified. In the same way as what? And if you go in the context, he's described how Christ submitted to the Father. If you go back to verse 18, you see how he's telling slaves to submit to masters. So he's carrying that theme right through. Submit, submission all the way. But he's pivoting off as Christ suffered in the will of God under the Father's direction and showed this submission to the will of God. He just picks up wives in the same way as your Savior. He's the model. If any of them do not believe the word... They may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. And he goes on to tell you that this model of submission was practiced by the great women of old, even Sarah, 
the wife of the father of the faithful. Verse 5, for this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands. There's no beauty quite like a submissive woman. Go back to Ephesians. I want to first of all say that before we look at what the word says, that uh, the American home is a wreck. It's in a mess. If you don't know that, you're not reading any of the literature. Uh, I quote from Married Savers, Michael McGinnis. And let me just read some things to you. Chapter 2, The Splintered American Family. And he puts at the heading of the chapter, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Then he begins to give stats. Six out of ten new marriages are failing. Divorces have tripled since 1960. And before they are 18, three-fifths of children will live with a single parent. Sixty percent of the marriages of this country have failed. Sixty percent. Cohabitation. The old terms were varied. But have soared since 1970. The majority of all marriages in America are preceded by cohabitation, living together. And those who cohabit before marriage increase their odds of divorce by 50%. I face it all the time as pastors. Are you living together? Are you sleeping together? And more than not, the answer is yes. Fewer young people are getting married at all. In 1993, there were 42 million adults who had never married. Twice the number in 1970, which was 21 million. The percentage of men ages 30 to 34 who have never married has tripled from 9% to 30%. Now the question to be very blunt is, are they living without sex? You've got to be kidding. No such thing. They're having sex, but they don't want a marriage. Too risky. They saw their folks get a divorce. We face it all the time with young people. I don't want to get married. I'm a child of a divorced home. And I don't want to get married. I want the physical part. I don't mind living together, but I don't want shared assets. And I want her or me to be able to walk anytime we want without any legal hassle. Who gets hurt the most? The innocent children. The, and he writes on the impact uh, on adults, the impact on children, how they're traumatized. And then he gives these figures that are uh, uh, astounding that of all the countries of the world, America is leading the divorce statistic. Countries that don't even claim to know God are doing better in the home than us. Uh, I quote, Japan has 5.9% of their homes are headed by a single parent, nearly 6%. America, nearly 23% of homes are now headed by single parents. 23%. The United Kingdom, 12.7%. 
France, 10.9. West Germany, 17.5. Canada, 14.8. That have single parents. Now, when you got a single parent, that usually involves a breadwinning mom or dad, plus the caregiver. That means the child's coming home without a meal on, usually. Mama's at work, dad's at work, to handle all of those components of providing, working. So children are home a lot, videos are going a lot, TV's going a lot, and a whole lot of non-supervision's going on because mama or daddy have to get home from the job. Uh, I quote to you an article by Peter Jones from a book I would recommend everyone buy. It's called Biblical Foundations for Manhood and Womanhood. It's edited by Wayne Grudem. There's another book called Biblical Manhood and Womanhood by Grudem and Piper. And it's uh, women issues, men issues, family issues. And uh, it's great stuff. A lot, of, a lot of women respond to it. A lot of men have written articles in it. But uh, this is the smaller work and uh, remarkable amount of information. But Jones says, uh, Barbara Whitehead has written the divorce culture to describe modern America. The University of Chicago issued a report November 24th, 1999, showing that in 1972, 46%, 1972, 46% of Americans lived in a tra traditional families, two parents with children. Currently, only 26% do, maybe one-fourth of the population. Cohabiting couples have increased 700% since 1970. Has anyone heard of the 60s? We went through a cultural sexual revolution. Burn your bra, move to Canada, do anything you want, throw off all the mores that you were taught, be free, get on LSD, maybe cuss your mom and dad, but do as you please. And now those who graduated in the 60s have taught a whole generation and we bought it at the tune of 700% increase. That's pretty high. Presently, one-third of all babies born are out of wedlock. The scale, Professor Lawrence Stone of Princeton observes, the scale of marital breakdowns in the West since 1960 has no historical precedent that he knows of. There has been nothing like it for the last 2,000 years and probably longer. America is not the same country you were born in 50 years ago. It is disintegrating at the home level. And it, uh, I think we talk about the angry culture of young children and kids today that would kill you in a minute. What's happening, many of them are carrying the anger that they feel their parents got a divorce when they didn't want it. They're sick of watching their folks fight, and so they're mad as can be, and they're carrying it out on the culture. It's a scary culture. I had my share of fights, but no one ever pulled a gun on me. No one ever threatened to kill somebody. We've changed and become a violent culture 
because we're an angry culture. And much of it goes back to the breakup of our homes. I want you to know in the, uh, I shared this with the women in WOW class, that uh, to let you know that women can be very confused today about what am I to be, what am I to do? And the same for men, because their role used to be, uh, they help nurture the children, they're in the home, the husband makes the living, mama's the nurturer, and mom uh, uh, is gonna do everything she can to keep a marriage together, if for no other reason but for the children. And that has long passed our culture. They, the children, I'm spending my children's inheritance. You hear that line? The idea is kids are an encumbrance. They are not to get in the way of my divorce. And uh, let me describe to you these five models. I take it from a chart. It's in this book uh, by Grudem. And it's a magnificent chart of five different attitudes towards the role of women. The effeminate left, uh, it basically says all is one. When it comes to marriage, same-sex marriages are approved. When it comes to sex, homosexuality, lesbianism, violent opposition to God's plan for sex as only between man and woman, wide open. Uh, when it comes to religion, they're pantheistic, they feminize God, they worship Sophia, they worship the gods of the East. It's, it's a pagan anti-God attitude towards the role of women and men. The egalitarian left, many evangelical women are buying into this viewpoint. And this view basically says, there are no differences between men and women. We're all the same. And uh, they would say, there are no gender role differences. That whatever a man can do, a woman can do. And uh, women ought to be pastors, they ought to be elders, there ought to be no, nothing that restricts them in the church because your gender doesn't matter. And uh, they often have this great, you hear it often, it's mutual submission. I work, you work. Um, I contribute as much to the finances of this home. Uh, Tuesday's your vacuum day, Wednesday's mine. Uh, the good sides of it, maybe uh, equal pay for equal work. They're tired of gender bias in the workplace. But it goes so far as to say there is no gender difference. And in the home, there is not to be a leader. There's only to be a partnership of equals without any distinct roles. And it uh, goes on and on. In the church, they would say there's no governing or teaching roles in church reserved only for men. They would totally resent that. And that's why you're finding many groups uh, traditionally that did not ordain women that are ordaining women left and right to be elders and pastors of churches. The complementarian middle is a view that says men and women are equal in worth uh, but have differences. And we don't talk about, we're not talking about just differences over how the checkbook goes. They're made different. They function different. They emphasize in this view the equality of each but the distinct role of each. That they have distinct roles to play even though they're equals. And so it is a complement to the dignity of the woman while at the same time maintaining our functions are not the same. And uh, 
it, its ideal would be the husband is a loving, humble, headship leader. That's the ideal. The wife would be an intelligent, joyfully submissive wife. And all the women said, that is ideal. Uh, and you would go on in this, that there is authority in the marriage, but within boundaries. My husband has authority, but there is boundaries to it. The domineering right is a view of male dominance. It overemphasizes the differences between men and women, and the emphasis that always favors the men. And uh, it tends to make uh, men look uh, better than women, uh, excessive competitiveness with women. Uh, the husband will come across as harsh, selfish, dictator, and the wife's role is to be a doormat. Uh, in the area of sex, this, this view really feeds lust, pornography, adultery, and just the use of women for one's own pleasure. The violent right uh, is the view that might makes right and that since I'm stronger than you, you do what I say. Uh, it would be men come across as brutes and women come across as objects of pleasure. And so you dehumanize the woman while the brute rules with a rod of iron. And uh, women are good for babies and sex and to keep their mouths shut while the dictator rules the roost, the violent right. And out of this, I just read an article that more women die a year from domestic violence than from cancer. I found it astounding. I, I could not believe what I read. I, I got that article. Uh, that stat comes from the latest edition of Christianity Today, which called the, the main article on the front is uh, Headship with a Heart. And it's writing that men should be the leader of the home, but they should have a heart. And this man who's been a counselor tells how many women die a year because the violent right man kills her, stalks her, rapes her, and runs over her. So when you say submit, can you imagine all the images that come to a woman's mind who's been brutalized, who's been maybe abused by a father, who's gone through a painful divorce, who's had a man beat her up so she had to go to, to the emergency room. The moment you use the word submit, she goes zonkers inside. Uh, she hears, I just lay down and let a man do anything he wants to me and nothing could be further from the biblical teaching. So uh, let us look at what the word of God teaches. I can trust God on the, this issue more than any man or woman. He knows. Can you trust your God? And so we'll look at what he says. Uh, the first thing I think we need to get a good definition of is submission. I've tried to live basically on this for years. You just do what I say. She hasn't bought it yet. But you know what? Before I get there, I'm about to skip over my notes that I have to give you a historical view, biblically, theologically, of the male-female issue. Uh, what's going on? Uh, we start out in paradise. God makes the man first. He, uh, he makes the woman later. I always love the story. Adam names all the animals. 
and he noticed nothing there looks like him. And I often imagine that the last thing he named before God put him to sleep was a hippo. And then he goes to sleep and God says, I've got something for you. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? I mean, he's named everything. I know what God can create. I've seen hippos, alligators, elephants, giraffes. What could he have for me? And then when she shows up, he says in the Hebrew, wow, Woo. bring it on. I can handle this. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Let's have a lip lock. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a loose translation. Uh, Genesis, I mean, this gal's a knockout. There's no hippo looks like this. I mean, don't go there. This is a knockout. Wow. I see something that is a counterpart that's a compliment and everything is just great. They're going to take care of the garden together. They're going to fill the earth. Uh, they have uh, no shame. They have no baggage. I mean, this is marvelous. And nothing, no debate. She's made in the image of God with equality. She has worth. He's made first, so she has no problem with that. He's the leader. I was made to compliment him. I was made to be a helper to him. Uh, wonderful. So they lived happily forevermore. We were lied to. We were deceived. And in the garden, the serpent poisoned the race. He killed our relationship with God and he killed our relationship with one another so bad that you only need four chapters of the Bible for a man to kill his own brother. Something's wrong. No TV, no preschools, no ghetto neighborhoods. Who teaches a man to kill his own brother over the way the worship service went? They were both worshiping. I don't like the fact God accepted my brother's worship. I'll kill him. Who taught him that? Was it bad parenting? Don't think so. Something is in man now in his heart that is a murderer. The heart of man is wicked. You don't know what it can do without provocation. It's scary to live with human beings, to not know what they are capable of. But in chapter 3, after the fall, God said, something's going to change between you and the woman, Adam. One, she is going to tr try to rule over you. She's going to try to dominate you. And it's the same word for the crouching lion in the Hebrew in Genesis 4. As the lion is ready to leap onto you, and that was used of sin, so this word is used of Eve. She shall seek to dominate you. And she'll use all of her femininity to seduce and to get her agenda. She won't use the brute strength approach. She has other skills. And the man in response will harshly dominate her. It's a strong term. He will rule over you. And with all of your effort, he's going to put his foot on your neck because he views you as an enemy instead of a compliment. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. 
As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a question about the broadcast, a prayer request. Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511M Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times. And we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up. 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. Or you can write to us at 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.